being here. Uh, this time of year always holds a special part in our life, and uh, this church holds a special place in my family's life, and we praise the Lord for it. And I, I just think, as Brother Toby was talking there, it's kind of like the first year we come down, and me and my father-in-law, we just tested the waters a little bit. Never experienced camp meeting before. Had no idea what camp meeting was. Had heard about it, but had no idea. Just heard about it through song. And um, come down, and the Lord just moved in a mighty way. I said, man, we have got to get back to that. And I thank all my family every time that we've come down the last, the last four years they've come with us. And uh, I don't have to beg my family to go to camp meeting because I know they'll see God. You know God will be in the midst. They, 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 I mean, my wife already goes and signs up for it every year at that time. She knows the things that she, we're taking off for camp meeting. We're going to be here. I praise the Lord for that. And uh, thank, if you got a family that serves God, you ought to be thankful for it. If you don't have to pry them and pull them and drag them to church, you ought to be real thankful for that. Amen. Young kids, you might say, well, mom and dads are always dragging me to church. You'll be thankful for it one oh, day. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad one day I got drugged to church and I got addicted to it, friend. Amen. 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 Uh, we got a lot of people addicted on some drugs they don't need to be addicted on, but you get addicted on Jesus, friend, he'll do something yeah. to you. Uh, Matthew chapter number 1, a very familiar scripture. Uh, we done heard Brother Calhoun preach out of this chapter. Uh, first time we got to hear Brother Calhoun Thursday night, and buddy, I enjoyed that preaching. Amen. Matter of fact, I said, Got in the car Friday night, and I told my wife, I said, I, I reckon I'm just biblically dumb when I listen to these other preachers preach and the things they can bring out in the scripture. I'm like, I have never seen that before in my life. And man, did they show me some things this week, even Brother Homer. And uh, so I uh, appreciate what we learned, what we got to hear. Most of all, thank God for just God for who He is today. Matthew chapter 1, just going to read one verse of scripture, but don't get, don't worry, I'll be here more than 15 minutes today. Um, Matthew chapter 1, verse number 6. And Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon of her that had been with the, had been the wife of Urias, and that's all we we'll read today. And uh, you say, well, that don't seem like well, you may be seated today. You say, well, that don't seem like much. I want to preach today a, a, a thought that there's something in my past. And there's something that's in all of our past today. And uh, we all have a past. Everybody's got a past. They've got a a story to tell. There's things in our life. There's some things in our past that we uh, brag about. We love to, uh, Brother Eddie, uh, if we were to sit down, no doubt there'd be some things that God's done in your life and some things that you've seen in your life that you love to brag on. Maybe uh, that time you took you and your boy out and uh, you you got to see your son uh, shoot that first deer and uh, shoot them ducks and all them things and them squirrels. And no doubt you you get excited about those things, but uh, as much as there's some uh, good things in our past that we can all agree that there's some things that's in our past that we're not too uh, uh, excited to tell people about. Even our best of friends, there's uh, things in our past that uh, we don't want them to know about. And we're not uh, really too uh, keen on telling. Uh, maybe even your spouse has uh, some things that's in your past. Hey, but I've got good news for you. Even though we've got some things in our past, there is a God in heaven that knows our past, knows our present, and knows our future. Hey, but I'm glad today that even though He knows my past, He knows where I've been, He knows what I've done, but yet He said, I'm still going to love you. That's the God that's worthy of all praise today. What a God we serve today. I mean, we all love each other, but we all be honest, we love some people just conditionally for what we can get from them and what they can get from us. Hey, but I'm glad when you and I didn't have a 
They just slow down and preach this message today. But there's something in my past. And here the uh, Matthew is writing, and he starts off the Gospel of Matthew, and he starts off with the genealogy of Jesus Christ, uh, starting it from Abraham and then working his way up. Uh, my friend, uh, let me tell you this, and we'll get in the message that uh, Matthew was presenting Jesus, and he was showing that Jesus was qualified uh, to be their king. Amen. Uh, Matthew was a Jew and was writing to Jewish people. And he was presenting them and saying, Here is your king. Amen. Amen. I'm glad he's a king of kings and lord of lords. Now Mark doesn't write about genealogy. Mark uh, was a Roman. Mark presents Christ as a servant. Luke was a Greek, but he was a physician by profession of close uh, companion of the Apostle Paul. And a scholar, his gospel was written especially for Greeks. Uh, but he presents the Lord Jesus as a perfect man. And so does it with a simplicity and dignity. Luke tells us uh, that he carefully uh, examined all the facts and began to write. Hey, my friend, I'm glad you can put God and Christ under the microscope and examine Him. Hey, but guess what you'll find? You'll find there's no other sweeter man, uh, no sweeter Savior than the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, man. Amen. He writes the genealogy from Jesus, but does it from Mary's line. And again shows him how to be qualified. Now John again doesn't write anything about his genealogy because John's appeal was to present Christ as the eternal Son of God and God among us. Amen. I know people today are doing their best to try to work their way to God. Hey, but I'm glad today you and I can't work our way to God. But God come seeking to save that which was lost. Uh, where was that? Where's that include? That includes you and I, my friend. He comes seeking to save that which was lost. Yeah. I'm glad he found me. Yeah. Now, do you realize there's no Jewish person today that can trace his genealogy back anymore? They may be able to trace it back a little ways, but they can't go all the way back and trace it from the beginning. Amen. Why? Because all the records were destroyed at the temple. When the temple was destroyed, so were the records. We've got a perfect record today of where He is. You can take and you can examine Him. You can search Him. But you're going to be just like Pilate was. I find no fault in this man. Hey, my friend, you know what we don't need to do? We spend a lot of time examining in the Scriptures uh, to try to prove God false or try to prove God true. Why don't we just uh, just believe God uh, for what He said and go with God today? Amen. Let me tell you this. You look at Matthew's genealogy, you won't find a bunch of good people. You know what you're going to find in Matthew's genealogy? You're going to find some rogues. You're going to find some vagabonds. You're going to find some bad people. Now, by the way, as great as Abraham was, Abraham was a worshiper of false idols before God called him out from Arab Chaldees. So Abraham wasn't always a worshiper of God. Abraham worshiped false gods. Hey, but I'm glad today that's what God has built this church up with today. It's sinner men and sinner women. That's me. Born again. Thank God I'm in the church today. You can look at my life and say, I see some things in your life. I know 
what you've done. And you can find fault in my life. I can find fault in yours. Amen. I can find fault in yours. We cannot find no fault in this man Jesus. Hallelujah to that. So next time you look your nose down to somebody else, thinking you're better than them, you need to realize the same grace and the same blood that saved you, it saved them. And you ought to hug their neck and love them and say, I'm glad to be on this way to glory with you today. But in verse number 6, we see three things. I want to preach three things today. Two different ways, though. So hang on. You see in David's past, you look at David's past, I see a sovereign. And I see a son. And I see a spouse. And my friend, there's some things in David's past that David wasn't proud of. Amen. First, you see, the Bible said, And Jesse begat David the king. Right. And David the king begat Solomon of her that had been with the wife had been the wife of Urias. First of all, though David was not the first king of Israel, <laughs> Amen. That's right. There was a king that came before David, and that king's name was Saul. And Saul, my friend, was the sovereignty of disappointment. Amen. <laughs> Sovereign's kingship was a disappointment. Amen. All throughout Saul's life, had Saul had he looked apart. He, he he had the anointing of God, didn't he? Yes, the Bible said that Samuel anointed Saul and anointed him king over Israel. Amen. And while Saul followed God, God blessed Israel. And God blessed Saul. But when Saul said, I'll do my own thing, I'll go my own way, God cut Saul. Amen. And Saul's sovereignty become a sovereignty of disappointment. Yes, sir. I think that's why America's in the shape she's in today. America's decided to do her own thing, do her own way. And God's cutting America off on some things. Amen. He has every right to. Amen. He has every right to. But I'm glad if God, even God cuts off America, He'll not cut off the church of the living God. Amen. He'll still be blessed and providing for His people. He has to. He said He would. He promised in the feet of Philippians. He said, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. God got personal how He's going to supply your needs, Brother Junior. He said, I'm going to provide your needs. But I'm just not going to provide it. I'm going to tell you how I provide it. I'm provided through Christ Jesus. Glory to God to that. I know where my blessings come from. Amen. Now God may use you to give me a blessing. But it's still God. Amen. People always look for the hands of God. Well, look at your hands. That's the hands of God. Amen. That's why off the message. But Saul's kingship was an abject failure. Saul, when Saul should have been a triumph, he was a tragedy. Yes, sir. When Saul should have been a friend to David, Saul was a foe. Amen. All of Saul's life. When jealousy seeped in in Saul's life, and by the way, jealousy is a cruel sin, my friend. And the moment jealousy creeps in, jealousy always destroys. Amen. Always does. Yes, sir. And jealousy creeped in Saul's life. Yes, it did. You see, when they come in from the battle, they said Saul had killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands. What happened was. Saul got jealous, didn't he? Yes, sir. But they're praising David. They're not praising me. Amen. Jealousy's creeped in. Amen. When jealousy creeped in, bitterness set up. Amen. You ought to be careful when bitterness sets up in the heart. Amen. Amen. I've seen bitterness set up in churches and destroy them. 
Yeah. I've seen bitterness set up in preachers' lives and destroy them. Yeah. I've seen bitterness set up in mom and dad's lives and destroy relationships with their husband, with their wife, and with the kids. Don't let bitterness set up in your life. Yeah. I've seen bitterness set up against God and it destroys oh, people. Yeah. Amen. The God that loves you and the God that knows you better than you know yourself and let something happen and we get bitter against God. Amen. Yes, sir. You know what you're facing? You're facing a sad end. You're facing a sad end. But Saul's kingdom was shortened. You know, it's very sad that Saul's kingdom didn't even last himself, but it was cut off of Saul. Samuel come to Saul and said, By your disobedience, he said, I'm going to cut you off. He said, even the heir to your throne. He said, I'm cutting off. I'm going a different way. Amen. God went, thank God God went a different way. Amen. Yeah. I'll get to Him in a minute. God went a different way. But how do you think Saul felt living out the rest of his days knowing his, his, he's done? He's cut off. You ever been like that? I mean, I'm not talking much. When you're saved, you're always saved by the grace of God. How many ever been saved by the grace of God? How many, since you've been saved by the grace of God, sometimes your prayer line has been cut off? Amen. 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 You say, I'll do my own thing, I'll go my own way. God will cut your prayer life off. Amen. And you know what? Before you pray again, you're going to have to come to God and say, God, I'm sorry. You were right. I was wrong. Thank God will let you pray again. Amen. Somebody ain't prayed in some time. Yes, sir. But today you can get that fixed up. Amen. You can get that fixed up today. Yeah. And begin to pray. You say, I, I can pray like so and so. You can pray even better than so and so. If you get right with God today, I mean, how bad would it have been David played his heart for Saul and Sue Saul? Sue Saul. But instead of Saul thanking him and, and thanking God for him, Saul chased him. Chased him with a javelin. Run him out, wanted to kill him. Even Saul's son was David's best friend. Right. Jonathan loved him, loved him as his own. Saul's life was so bad it cost Samuel the prophet to mourn. Let me say this and I'll move on. Don't you let your life and your walk with God cause this man of God to mourn over your life. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Don't you let your walk with God cause your pastor to mourn over you. Amen. Because it happens. And there ain't a doubt in my mind that your pastor's wept over you in the past year. Hey, this this past year, these last nine months, I think I'd be safe to say your pastor has wept over things in your life. Because if he's a man of God, he will. Amen. He's accountable. Amen. 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 But I'd like for I'd like to think that maybe your maybe when Brother Toby gets down at the bed of night, he begins to pray or as he goes through the day. I maybe just like to think sometimes just like say, man, God, I sure like to thank you for everybody you place in this church. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I believe He does. You've got a great church. Amen. Matter of fact, you've got one of the best churches in America. Because if it's God's church, it is the best church. Amen. 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 I like to think, but, but so, the Bible even said that Samuel mourned over Saul. And Saul, Samuel mourned so bad that God told Samuel, he said, time to get up. It's time to quit your moping around, quit your mourning, Amen. get your horn of oil, and get about my business. Amen. I've got something for you to do. Yeah. Right. Amen. Yes. Sovereign disappointment. Saul brought misery on the people. Saul malfunctioned as a prince. He made terrible decisions. Terrible decisions. Yes, sir. So terrible decisions. Can you imagine being sent out to battle without food? Saul did. He did. Saul sent his people out. 
Now Jonathan didn't get the memo, so Jonathan got where the goop was at, got him some honey, and got some joy, got some victory, and won the battle. Amen. But Saul said, none of the men to eat. I mean, can you imagine being sitting to do a warfare, Brother TJ? And be told, don't you eat before you go in. I mean, anybody knows about anything. You've got to eat to have strength. You've got to eat to be strong. Hey, every time the Word of God comes out of the pulpit, God's putting strength in your body. Putting strength in your spirit. Amen. Huh, brother, huh, brother Jacob, every time the man of God preaches, He's putting strength in your ministry. Hallelujah to that. Why should you get taken out and passed it out and shared amongst God's creation? Amen. But a sovereign of disappointment today. But then I see, I see a child. You look on and said, David, the king. And David begat the king, Solomon. But if we know the Bible story, we know the story of David. Solomon was not the first child of David. And the first child of Bathsheba. But there was another child that was there. Amen. Solomon and David. Solomon was not David and Bathsheba's first child. And David did his very best to hide this sin from God. That's right. You look in Second Samuel chapter number eleven, you'll find out six times that David sinned. David sent things. David sent Uriah. David sent Uriah to the heart of the battle. David sent for Bathsheba. David sent uh, for Joab. David sent. David sent. David sent. Yes, sir. All the while trying to hide his sin. Amen. But something happened in Second Samuel chapter number twelve, verse number one. As much as David sent Uriah and sent things out, six times, we all know six is the number of incompleteness and the number of man. But God, on the first time, the Bible said the Lord sent Nathan. The Lord sent Nathan, the prophet, to David. And said, David, there come a wayfaring stranger man. And he, he comes to town and, and there was a rich man that had everything that he needed. Yes, sir. But this rich man took the one thing that this other man had. The one thing that he loved, he took from. Yeah. And David said, well, so that man that took from him, he said, guess what? He's going to pay fourfold. Right. I'll get to that in a minute. He, he, he did pay fourfold. Amen. Amen. The Lord said. But can you imagine... Going nine months and thought you had your sin hit against God. Now, there was, there was nine months that took place in between chapter number 11 and chapter number 12. But the day that was supposed to be a day of blessing, a day of rejoicing, a day of celebration, was a bad day. Amen. Because God not only come to David and said, David, thou art the man, but God struck the child. That's right. Amen. God struck child. You see, you thought you had your sin hit against God. Right. I mean, I, I don't doubt for a minute that David went to the house of God. I don't admit, I doubt for a minute that when they sung, that David was singing in the choir. Sweet songs. Uh, song. Songs of praise. Songs of glory. Songs of I love the Lord. Amen. Well, something happened. There was a difference. I mean, you could sing in the choir. You can you can say amen to the preacher. Yes. You can raise your hand and you amen. can give a testimony or you can try to teach Sunday school. But if there's sin in your life, God will deal with it. Amen. Every time, every time, God is faithful. As faithful as God is to bless you, God is faithful to convince you and chastise you if you're His today. Amen. Now, if you be without chastisement, the Bible said you're a bastard and not a son. Hey, so God chastens those 
whom He loves. Amen. But nine months went by, David thought he had it. Let me say this, God never looks over sin. God will never look over your sin. God will deal with your sin at the right time and the right place. God will deal with your sin. Amen. God never turns a blinded eye to sin. I know a lot of people like to think God turns a blinded eye. Well, God just turned His eye to my sin. He knows I'm just frail. He knows I'm just flesh. He, but God turned a blind. No, He hasn't. Amen. No, He has not. God will give you space to repent. Amen. And if you don't repent and get right, God will, back, God will chastise you. Amen. God never turns a blinded eye to sin. But on the day again, you thought it would be a celebration. But you say, you know something happened with this child, though. You never read this child had a name. Child of no name. Why didn't the child have a name? Because it died on the seventh day. Under Jewish tradition, the Jewish, the way they did things back in those days, on the eighth day, they named the child. But you'll never find out in the scripture where this child ever had a name. Because on the seventh day, God took it. Bad day in David's life. Amen. Sad day in David's life. Amen. Though the child never had a name, though, but every year that day came by, no doubt there's a remembrance made. For that child. Now let me say this, David. Before we go on, we've we've all had friends and families that's lost children and and lost things along the way. But let me give you a good comfort today. The same comfort that David had. He said, "I can't." He said, "That child can't come to me because I can go to him." Amen. <laughs> one day, David got reunited with that child. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So one day, even though death may part us in this life, there's a good glad day when those that have passed on and those that remain will be caught up in the air, and there shall we ever be with the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Bible said, "Us that are alive and remain will not permit them that are asleep." Yeah. Hallelujah. There's coming a great resurrection. Hallelujah. Oh, my brother, I'm sorry about that. Oh, I'm sorry about that. But though the child never had a name, there was no doubt there was a remembrance. But the spouse, little number three, we see a spouse. The child, there was a great defilement. There was a great defilement. David was not Bathsheba's first husband. That's right. David was not Bathsheba's first husband. You're right, was. And Nathan came and David was angry and made a statement. But it cost him four child, four lambs. I believe every time a child died in David's life, I believe that reminded David, there's one. That's right. There's two. Amen. Well, first one was the child. Then you got Amnon. Then we got Absalom. You got Adonijah. Four children, four lambs. Four lambs. David counted them. Let me say this. David in his flesh failed as a man. Amen. David in his flesh failed as a man. A man that was after God's own heart failed as a man. Yes, sir. Failed as a minister. You realize he even failed as a minstrel? There come a point in David's life he couldn't sing right. Right. He couldn't even... uh, I mean, there was sin in his life he couldn't even sing right. He couldn't play instruments right. I mean, he failed as a minstrel, a minister of music. He failed. Yeah. He failed. Amen. But let me say this. All we see in the Scriptures, we see, we can see a portrait of David's life. We see a lot of firsts in David's life. We see David's past. But God has a better thing to do with seconds. God can take seconds and make them better than first. Amen. Amen. God can take something that's second in your life 
and make it better than the first. Amen. Amen. I know we like to think that seconds are bad and clearance sections and all these things are, are, are not good things and are, uh, are just uh, those are for the, the, the other people. But no, God has a God sees seconds a way that you and I know. God sees seconds and being better than the first. Amen. Amen. Wasn't the second Adam better than the first Adam? Amen. 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 What your second birth better than your first birth? Amen. Your first birth was corrupt. Your first birth was defiled. But your second birth was so much better. It was of an incorruptible seed by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. The second has always been better than the first. Let me say this. We can all agree that if David excelled at one thing in his life, he excelled at repenting. Yes, sir. If there's one thing you get right in life, get this right. Be right with repenting. Be right with repenting. Yes. But we see a second sovereign here. Second sovereign. David the king. Israel wept over the first king. Israel enjoyed his best days over the second king. Yes. You look at all through first and second Samuel, and you go through the beginning of the first king, some of Israel's best days. That's why David ruled, because David was a man that was after God's own heart. That's right. You say, it don't matter who rules the people, it does matter who rules the people. Amen. If the Bible said the wicked be unthorning, the people mourn, but the righteous be unthorning, the righteous rejoice. Amen. It makes a difference who's in charge. Amen. Amen. You realize David set the bar by which every other king would be judged by? Yes, he did. Brother Wright, in your scriptures, if you go through First Kings and First Second Chronicles and First Second Kings and First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, when the good king was always given, uh, when it was saying about the good king, he always said he always did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked after the steps of his father David. Yes, sir. Amen. He said when he done things wrong, he walked not in the steps of his father and walked not in the ways that pleased the Lord. Amen. David set the bar. Yes, he did. I said God gave him a better king, number two. Now, if they just would have waited on God, God was making David the king up back yard in the shepherd's field. Yes, he was. God was preparing something. Amen. Sometimes, you know what God's doing in your life? God's preparing some things. Amen. Brother Russ Golden preached yesterday, preached about David, and he gathered them five stones. You ever wonder now how many, how long it takes water to smooth out stones? I wonder when God formed the earth. I wonder when God created the earth. I wonder if He just put five stones in that old brook. Because you know, David was going to need them a few thousand years later to go to fight Goliath. Amen. You may wonder why God put some things in your life. Or why God ain't done things in your life. But if you just wait on God, God's smoothing some things out. God always provides before the need. Let me say that again. God always provides before the need. Sometimes we just got to get to the need part. Amen. But God's already made provision for it. Hallelujah to that. That will make someone want to shout right there. The first sovereign was a goodly person, but the second sovereign was a man after God's own heart. The first sovereign was anointed with a vial of oil, which which signified a limited kingdom. But the second sovereign was anointed with a horn of oil, which signified a never-ending kingdom. I'm glad Christ is fulfilling that throne today. Amen. He's got got His part there. Amen. The first sovereign was appointed, but the second sovereign was anointed. Man chose the first one. God chose the second one. You may have chose the first one. Let God choose the second one. Amen. But let me say this. Let me get real personal in your life. There may be someone in life that you've looked up to. Someone of an authority position in your life. Maybe it was a past preacher. Past pastor. 
Sunday school teacher. Maybe it's your boss on your job. Make whatever it is, they've had authority over your life. And that authority's left you with great disappointment. God Happens. Yes, it does. But don't let that past disappointment keep you from letting God do something great in your life. Amen. God's got some seconds for you. Amen. There's been people that's been hurt in church and they won't come back to the house of God because of what someone else did to them now, years down the road. Huh, my friend? But why does God have to take the part of the abuse for what someone else does? Amen. Some people say, well, I got hurt in church once. I like to think sometimes just once. <laughs> just once you got hurt in church and you're out of church. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. I mean, it, it happened to us. But like I said, I, I don't know if I've said it here before or not, but I'll say it here and again right now. Walmart made you bad last year. Amen. But you yeah. still go back to them. Amen. Amen. McDonald's missed your order up last week. God helped you if you went back, but you still went back to them. Amen. Why does God got to be cut off? Why does the church got to be cut off? Amen. Some of your family make you mad, but you still go over there for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Amen. 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 Don't don't let your seconds don't let the seconds in your life the first hinder the seconds. Amen. Get past. Get get. Let God heal that hurt. Let God make that better. Now the second son we see that David begat Solomon. Remember the first child had no name, but Solomon actually had three names. You know that? Solomon had three names. The first name Nathan named him Jedidiah, called him beloved of the Lord. David David called him Solomon. Solomon means peace. Yes. David's wife, Bathsheba, named him Lemuel. That means devoted to God. Amen. You can read that in Proverbs 31 and verse number 1. Right. Solomon was the wisest king Israel ever had. That's what the Scripture says. Amen. He said he was the wisest man. I mean, he was so wise, he was smart enough to know that when God said you can have one thing, whatever it is, he said, Lord, just give me wisdom that I may lead your people right. He could have prayed for riches and prayed for everything else. He said, Lord, just give me wisdom that I can lead your people right. That's someone that's wise. Amen. He's accredited in first in first Kings chapter four and thirty two. He's credited for writing three thousand proverbs and one hundred five songs. He even wrote the Song of Songs, the Song of Solomon, the Song of Songs. He wrote Ecclesiastes, and he ruled Israel with wisdom of God. Amen. Verse thirty four said, and the Bible even says that all the people come from around the world to hear the wisdom of Sat, to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Amen. Realizing that Solomon's kingship under Solomon's authority, that silver was so prevalent it was viewed as rocks above the, or rocks on the ground. That's how much riches that God had blessed Israel with at Solomon's reign. That's, that's, what, that's what history says. That's how they viewed silver. I mean, you find a piece of silver out on the ground and somebody kill you for it out there today. Yeah. But it was just as rocks in, in, in Solomon's time. Hey, don't tell me God don't bless His people when God's people do right. God will. Amen. Yes. Solomon's kingship was so much so much great that Solomon even had the, had the ability to build the temple that his father wasn't allowed to. I mean, what what more could you ask for? I mean, what more can David want in his life than to see his children serving God? Solomon got to build the temple. You say, what's that got to do with me? We can let things that God has taken out of our life hinder us and stop us today. But we can let God breathe new life in somewhere else. Amen. Amen. We can let God breathe new life in somewhere else. 
Because wherever, for before God can bless some things, sometimes God's got to remove some things. All throughout the Scripture, there's points and references where God has removed things out, but He's always birthed new things in. Amen. And the things that God has birthed in has always been greater than the things that God has taken out. Amen. But what the fleshly man likes to do is the fleshly man likes to get down, likes to get bitter, likes to get angry when God removes things out of our life. Instead of letting God birth it in and bless us like He wants to. Amen. God can do that. Yes. We're going to have to let God birth some things in our life. We can let it hinder us, the things that has died in our life. I mean, four years ago, I was pastoring a church and I loved it. I loved it. Was, was, uh, I mean, just enjoyed it. Don't you ever look at your pastor. If he's God called man to be a pastor, he loves what he's doing. Amen. It's not a burden, it's a blessing. Amen. But come a time, God took that out. But I love what I'm doing now. Now, maybe I, I, I like to think one day God will open the door to pastor again. I do. I believe that. He will. But why He's not, I'm not going to grumble about what God did yesterday. Amen. I'm just going to choose to be happy with what God's doing today. Amen. Amen. There's some things in our past. Some things in our past. Let me get to the last point. Again, Uriah, or Bathsheba, David was not Bathsheba's first husband. I've got to be careful here because I don't want you to get the wrong message. David was not Bathsheba's first husband. Uriah was. Yes, sir. Let me say this. God has never condoned divorce, never accepted, never, never, never said that, that it's right. right. It's always been one wife for one life. Yes, sir. Amen? Amen. Always been that. Always. Yes. And that, that wife, Bathsheba had been the wife of Uriah. Yes. Notice that word had been. Had been. Yes, sir. Uriah the Hittite was dead. David and Bathsheba repented. Got right with God. That little word that had been, that speaks of God's forgiveness. Yes, sir. It speaks of God's forgiveness. Amen. The Bible said in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and yes, to cleanse sir. us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let me tell you, there's a remedy for the sin that's in your life. Amen. You say, well, does that mean i got to join the church and i got to do this? That's not the remedy. The remedy for your sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the remedy, the propitiation. Amen. He's what you need today. Amen. 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 Amen, brother. There was a remedy for sin. Sin always leaves a weighty burden. Always has, always will. Yes, sir. Remember the day you got saved and God pulled that burden off of your life? That yes, weight of sin? Felt like you could fly away. Amen. I think that's why that song "I Fly Away" is one of our favorite songs because I felt like that day when God saved me, I can fly away. Amen. And there's days, brother Jacob, where God will loose those burdens, and I feel like I can just fly away. Yes, I sure am thankful for the, day, the, the, the forgiveness of God. Amen. The burden, the scars, sin scars. And sin will separate you. Yes, sir, brother. Sin will separate you. Sin will cut you off, my friend. It'll cut you off from the blessings of God. I've already preached that, and I'm not going to preach it again. But sin will cut you off. But there's, I'm glad for every sin. There's grace, Amen. and there's mercy, and there's still enough blood of Calvary for every oh, sin. Yes, yes. Hallelujah to that. Sin cries out for forgiveness. When a man gets right with God, he'll cry out for forgiveness. 
And when you cry out for forgiveness, it'll liberate you. Amen. It'll bring you together between God and man. Hey, what are you trying to say? God can take seconds and make them better than first. Amen. Amen. I'm leave you a story and I'll be done. I've done enough damage already here today. But there was a there was a man in the in a, there was a family. There's a there's a man that his name was Fred. And Fred and his daddy and his mom got in a fight and uh, Fred lashed out and and struck his struck his parents and they kicked him out of the house and Fred's dad said, Don't ever come back. We're done with you. Go away. But time went on and years went by and Fred moved off to Philadelphia. While Fred was in Philadelphia living out his days, his father and his mother longed to be reunited with Fred. And they they had no idea. All they know that Fred lived in lived in Philadelphia. They didn't know where he lived, they didn't know how to get a hold of him. So Fred's dad one day took out an advertisement in the newspaper. And he said, Fred, it's your dad. We want you to come home. We're sorry. And he said, if you'll meet me by the fountain, water fountain on this day at this time, he said, I'll be there. And I'll know that you've forgiven us and we're ready to reconcile and come home. Well, it wasn't long after. Fred's dad decided he's going to go out a little bit early to sit by the water fountain and just wait. Wait on Fred to come by. And not too long after, they were stood there about, about 15 minutes before, man come up all by himself. Name was Fred, but wasn't, wasn't his son. Wasn't his son, but he, he come by. He come by just thinking, well, I wonder if that's my dad. Wanting to reconcile to me. Wanting to, we can, we can patch things up and, and go on. That wasn't the Fred his dad was looking for. Not too long after that, there come another group of men, all named Fred, wanting to reconcile and make it right. But it wasn't his. Before long, there was about 150 that had come by wanting and hoping that it was their dad that was there to make reconciliation. So I'll have to say this. Today's the day that God's come by your way to make reconciliation with you. Amen. You may have been searching for a way out, a way of forgiveness, a way of mercy. You may be looking at everything that's looking wrong in your life today. And God has given you a chance today. He's throwing you a lifeline saying, Today's the day I've come. I want to make things right with you. Amen. I want you to make things right with me. I've not, we, God has done everything for us that we ever will need. God's done that. We're going to have to respond to Him and what He's done for yes, us. Sir. You might be lost without God today. You need to realize this. Christ died for you. Amen. He gave His life for you at Calvary. Amen. You're going to have to come to Him and ask Him to save you. Under the drawing leadership of the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to come and ask God to save you. Repent of your sin and get born again today. Yes, sir. But maybe you're saved by the grace of God and things just start right between you and God. You need to come get right with God today. Amen. You say, I can, it can never go back to the way it once was, friend. It can not only go back to the way it once was. God's able to make it not only the way it was, but to make it better. There are certain things that, now, there are certain things that man can do that can ruin himself. And, and it can never go back to the way it was. But I'll say to say this, there's some things that God can do in your life that can make it better than what it once was. Amen. If you'll come today and you'll let God deal with your heart today. And you'll be honest with God. God's going to be honest with you. He's been honest with you already. Yes, sir. Pastor, you come give invitations. You see fit today. Everybody stand. You need to pray. The message is going forth. You've heard the word of the Lord. God's preached through His men. You need to pray this morning. The altar is over. What a message.